Welcome to Yarns at Yen Hu, a podcast about the fiber arts and other post-apocalyptic skills. Episode 282, Knitting in Person, Sunday, July 11th, 2021. I'm your host, Sarah. You can find me on social media as Sarah Pomegranate. Each time I record an episode, I post show notes, photographs, and links to things I talk about on my website, yarnsatyinhu.com. Today's episode features the following segments, news and events, the back porch, the front porch, and off the shelf. Hello, everyone, and welcome. It is a cloudy and cool morning here in Delaware Water Gap, Pennsylvania. The storms moved through and brought some cooler temperatures, which is a welcome relief after the heat and humidity we've been having. And I'm happy to be in the studio talking to you about knitting and some upcoming events. The first thing I want to tell you about is Fiber World. Dr. Lily Marsh and I have been invited to give a presentation at Fiber World, which is a virtual fiber event happening in mid-July. Our program is scheduled for two one-hour sessions on Saturday, July 24th. You can attend one or both. It's Knitting History 101 and Knitting History 102. And what we plan to do over the course of those two hours is situate Elizabeth Zimmerman in knitting history and talk about what she was influenced by and how she has become influential in many of the things we consider rather commonplace today. So we're kind of consolidating and condensing and pulling important bits from the eight-part series um, that we have just wrapped up with episode 281. All lectures and presentations are included in the price of admission to Fiber World. So if you've already registered, you can choose um, our presentations or any others that you would like for no additional charge. The only additional charges are for classes. So I know there was some confusion um, and it is a new, relatively new event with a lot of people working and many moving parts. So some of the information can be a little bit difficult to pin down. But I know that our presentation is included with the price of admission. I am also giving away tickets to Fiber World. And the way to enter for those is via Instagram. So I have a post about the fact that we are presenting further information about when and an opportunity to leave a comment and win a ticket. I will be drawing for tickets on Tuesday, July 13th at noon Eastern Standard Time. So hopefully you will hear this podcast right away 
and enter to win right away. I can give away two tickets. So if the winner wants to claim both and share with a friend, I can do that. If the winner um, is only interested in one ticket, then I'll choose an additional winner. I have a code for logging in. There is also a code that's pretty prevalent on the Fiber World site to reduce the class fee for your first class if you're interested in any of the classes. The offerings are incredibly diverse uh, in all of the fiber arts and even related things like cooking. (laughs) So there are lots of opportunities to have fun and learn something new. And this festival is entirely virtual. Dr. Lily and I are hoping that we see some of you on July 24th. The next thing I want to tell you about has in-person and virtual options, and that is the Hudson Valley Textile Project Summit. This has traditionally been held in the spring, so it's very exciting that it's being held in the summer because I have the opportunity to attend in person. It's taking place at a convention center in Albany, New York on Friday, July 30th. The speakers are Cecilia Nelson-Hurt and Clara Parks. There is also a marketplace, and I'm not even sure what else will be going on, but it's a one-day event, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. in Albany. And there is also the possibility to attend virtually. So I have linked to that information in the show notes, as I did for Fiber World as well. And you can check that out if you're already a member of the Hudson Valley Textile Project. The fees uh, are none or minimal. And if you're not already a member, this is an excellent opportunity to contribute to a regional fiber production um, program and really make a difference with your dollars in things that are happening in the Hudson Valley to bring greater attention to sheep, farming, and other types of agriculture uh, and really make your dollars count to a good cause. So I highly recommend looking into that. It's the Hudson Valley Textile Project Summit and Marketplace. That's Friday, July 30th. Uh, Dr. Lily and I receive an honorarium for presenting at Fiber World. And when we receive that, we will be um, sending that money to the Hudson Valley Textile Project because it's something that we believe in and we care deeply about. We invite you, if you have been enjoying the Elizabeth Zimmerman series, or if you just feel so moved to make a contribution based on what you've heard on this podcast, that the Hudson Valley Textile Project is a great place to do that. This 
this past week, I have been so fortunate to do some knitting in person. On Monday, my friends Allison and Jenny drove out from New York for a day of knitting and chatting and dining on my porch at Yinhu. And it was just so great to reconnect in person with good friends and chat about all the things that matter to us, uh, dreams and plans and talking over current projects. It was a really beautiful day and so wonderful of them to make the trek out from New York and to spend time with me. On Friday, I was so fortunate as to be invited to the Twin Set Designs Retreat, which is held in nearby Easton. It's just a short drive from where I live. And Jan invited me to hang out on low-key day. When I got there, Dale was visiting with two sheep, two new lambs from their fin flock. And we got to pet them and learn certain things about them. Um, I love listening to people like Jan talk about their sheep because you always find out something you didn't know. I knew that fin sheep are known for being highly productive. So when used lamb, it's not unusual for them to have two, three, or even four lambs at once. And this can be beneficial. Jan was talking about the sheep that she sells from her flock and to whom she sells them. So certainly uh, beautiful rams with all of the breed characteristics would be highly prized by someone continuing or maybe starting a breeding program. But they could also be very interesting for someone who's raising meat sheep because certain genetics getting into uh, the flock of a meat sheep breeder could result in um, more births and a higher yield for that farmer. This would take two generations to happen um, because... The genetics that matter in this case are with the U, uh, but nevertheless, it's a very interesting option for people who aren't necessarily breeding sheep for their fleece. And I had never considered that or heard about that before, so it was really interesting to learn something new. It was great to reconnect with friends I've seen in the past, like Amy and Laura, who've come to my retreat, and to uh, connect with some folks that I've been working with online, like Cashman, who I got to meet in person, and also to make some new friends. So um, there was lots of great chatting and sharing of knitting projects, a few Things are in my queue now as a result of talking to folks at the retreat. And um, 
I was able to take in a really cool demonstration that Cashman did on furoshiki, which is a technique of using fabric to wrap gifts or create other things. Uh, It's kind of like a low-waste upcycling option, and Cashman demonstrated how to do this relatively simple art um, on a number of different objects. So I think that will make its way into my gift giving this year. And I learned a lot from his demonstration. I also did a little shopping. Fairwinds Farm had a beautiful display table of wares from their farm. And I have been looking Several times when I've attended a festival, I've looked at a variety of different pelts and never made a purchase. But on Friday, I did. I purchased a beautiful pelt in a very light color. It's a small size, and I think it's great for right next to my bed but also large enough that I could put it over the back of a chair um, if I just want a little extra warmth or a little comfort while I'm spinning. So this is a really wonderful keepsake that I was very pleased to leave with, and I thank Jan for the invite for the day. Well, let's get to the knitting and the crafting, shall we? I've been able to complete a few pretty big projects. Before high school graduation, I was able to complete my Lost Words make-along project, which was an Alabama Channon-inspired dress with a beautiful fern motif. One of the reasons I was able to complete this so quickly is that I only did the Alabama Channon stitching and beading on the front of the garment. I did not do the back. I still could. I do not think I will put beads on the back, but I might do the stitching and the cutting of the fern motif. Um, But without that, I was able to get the stitching done, and then do the binding pieces around the armholes and the neckline. And then I was also able to sew up a little bolero in the coordinating color, which I did not need for graduation, but I took to a New York City trip that we did just a few days afterwards. I love the way this came out. Um, The placement of the fern motif was really key, so I'm very thankful to Samuel for kind of guiding me on that and giving me his opinions because I think we ended up with something that is very pleasing. My mind is already working on another design that I want to execute. I don't have any additional knit fabric in my stash. So I think this will stay at the planning stages for a while until I'm able to use up some of the fabric in my stash. 
And then I'll think about acquiring some additional knit fabric and starting to work toward that design. I've also completed the knitting and weaving in ends on my Craig Hill shawl. This is a shawl with a pretty big wingspan. It's 84 inches wide and 36 inches deep. It's designed by Cheryl Toy, and I knit it in Distal Fink Fibers um, farm-raised fingering weight yarn in three colors, a gray, a slate gray, a natural, and a beautiful gold, which mimic pretty closely the colors in Cheryl Toy's design. This shawl features um, some simple yarn over, knit two together, garter stitch, as well as some mosaic stitching, which was a lot of fun to do, and a bind off that was new to me. Um, it kind of, this bind off creates the look of a, an I-cord bind off, but it's a rolled hem. So at the very end of the shawl, which is a lot of stitches, I had forgotten about that aspect of knitting a big shawl is how long those rows get by the end. But at the very end, uh, it's just a matter of knitting four rows of stockinette stitch and then binding off. I used... Um, needle one size smaller than what I had been using to knit the shawl. So I knit on size four and I used three for the bind off. And this creates a rolled border because of course stockinette stitch wants to roll and it rolls so that the reverse stockinette is revealed. And this is a beautiful complement to the garter stitch that was in the section before. And it really takes no time at all because the bind off is so simple. I'm very impressed with the cleverness of this bind off. And if you knit a lot of shawls, maybe you've bound off this way before, but I never have. And I, I just thought it was very clever, uh, very easy to do. And after the amount of time that the, those last several rows take, it's kind of nice not to have to spend a ton of time on a complicated bind off. So I was able to weave in the ends um, at the retreat on Friday because I just, when I finished the knitting on this, I did not want to spend any more time with this wool shawl in my lap. So I just threw it in the basket, but then the retreat center had lovely air conditioning. And I was able to sit and weave in ends, and it took no time at all. So now it's ready for a gentle blocking, and uh, oh my goodness, I'm just looking at it right now. It is a beautiful shawl. Megan's dyeing at Distal Fink Fibers just creates gorgeous colors, and this was admired uh, quite a bit uh, at the table when I was working on it. Um, so 
I think it will be a really nice accessory for the fall. It also makes a nice lap blanket. So I think it's been a long time since I've knit a shawl. And I think this was a good choice because it has a lot of versatility. The front porch. I'm going to tell you about two things uh, that I haven't talked about yet on the podcast. There are still a number of other things kind of going on in the background very slowly that I'm not picking up a lot. But over the past couple of weeks, I've been spending time on two main projects, knitting and spinning. So the first is The Outline Tee by Jessie May. I am knitting this in gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous Shushan linen yarn from Mill Street Textiles. This was spun at the Battenkill Fiber Mill. It's a blend of 50% wool, 50% linen. It's cool to the touch. It's delightful to knit with. I can't say enough wonderful things about this yarn. I have linked to it in the show notes for this episode because it's a little bit difficult to find on the internet. It's available in four very neutral kind of colors because remember that flax doesn't really take much of the dye. So these colors are light and sort of heathery and perfect for summer weather. And the put up is 190 yards for 50 grams and the price is $12 a skein. So it's a great, great yarn at a wonderful price point. Perfect for your summer knitting. When I handed the yarn over to Allison when she was visiting on Monday, she remarked that it was cool. Like the bag had been in air conditioning and I you know, just opened it up, but that is not the case. The yarn just remains cool to the touch, which I think in a garment is going to be awesome. The outline tea was very kindly gifted to me by Mary Beth, who is also knitting with this yarn. She's knitting a different design and I believe she has completely finished her knitting already. My deadline is July 30th because I would like to wear this outline tee to the summit. I'm knitting in the granite colorway, which is a beautiful soft pink. And the outline tee is lovely. What is not lovely is the fact that I gave the garment a half twist before the join and then didn't notice it until I was nearly done with an inch and a half of twisted rib. Oh no. I We were watching a movie. I was sitting on the couch and I was just starting to think about this looks like an inch and a half. I should probably measure this and then think about putting it down because I know there are some directions I need to follow for the next few steps. And I started looking, there was like this sinking feeling as I started looking 
at this hem that I had done so far. And I'm like, no, no, it can't be. There can't be a twist in this. There was a twist, a half twist. I don't think I've ever gone that far without noticing a big mistake like that. So then, of course, the whole thing had to come out and I cast on again. The second time I knit back and forth for, I think, three or four rows before joining so that I could very clearly see that I was not creating a twist as I joined. Tisk tisk tisk. Uh, but it's lovely yarn to knit with, so I got to do even more knitting. The outline tee is very similar to the rift tee. I think I will love it because I'm getting a lot of wear and enjoyment from my rift tee, but this will be in more of a summery weight. And there are very specific dropped stitches at certain points around the T. I think her earlier design incorporating this look was a tank, um, but the T has kind of like little cap sleeves and some beautiful one by one twisted rib. And now it's mostly stockinette knitting. So that's going pretty quickly. Like I said, my deadline is not until the end of the month, and I feel pretty confident that I'll be able to get that done and wear it to Albany. I've also been participating in Tour de Fleece with a spinning, really more of a plying project. All year long, I've been working on spinning up roll legs and a few braids during my meditative spinning practice that I do most days. I just spin a very little bit at a time, but it adds up. And over the past couple of weeks, I was able to finish the spinning of another braid on my wheel. And now I've begun the plying process. So the three fibers I'm incorporating are a Miss Babs braid that I believe is a wool silk blend. It's very silky and slippery. It's in the colorway Bookworm, and I won this braid at a Tour de Fleece um, Instagram contest or something some time ago. I've, I've been working on this braid for a while. It's very neutral with grays and creams and golds. I've also been spinning some Rolex from Green Goat Ranch. These are in the rose quartz colorway, so there's pink, purple, and a little bit of gold in them also. And then the final fiber is a wool silk flax blend from Inglenook Fibers in the colorway Peach Blossom. That has a lot of purple, also green, gold, and light pink. So these three things together. I'm, I just keep switching out little turtles from my Turkish spindle as well as one bobbin of, of singles that I've spun on my wheel to make this multicolored, quite varied 
barber pulled three ply. My hope is that there's enough yardage there for another rift tee or maybe some kind of a bolero. I'm getting a lot of use from layered things that I can put over sleeveless tops and dresses. And so my plan is that this yarn becomes another such garment. Off the shelf. I thought I'd take some time today to tell you about what's on my summer reading list. And I would love to know what you're reading this summer or if there are any books that you can recommend because I always like to put them on my list. My plan was to take a lovely photograph of this stack of books, but when I went to do that, I realized some have not arrived, some are with other people, and one I've already read and passed along. So I'm just creating a nice list and we'll link to things in the show notes. I tried to link to some things other than just commerce information about where you can buy the book. I know you can find books on Amazon. I know you're very good at that. So I try to link to some reviews and other interesting information. The book I've completed already this summer is Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. This is a fictional account connected to the story of the pack horse librarians of rural Kentucky. This was a program that ran during the Works Progress Administration. I think it closed about 1943. But women were employed to deliver books and other materials to support literacy to people living in very rural parts of Kentucky. And they were doing this on horseback. It was largely women. Um, and they were earning money to support their families and buy things that they had not been able to afford before. So this is a fictional account. I found the book interesting in terms of the pack horse librarian aspects and a little bit challenging because I thought that the dialogue and often the attitudes of some of the characters were maybe more contemporary than, than historical. Nevertheless, uh, it was a fun, it was a fun read. It was a, a light read. I am also looking forward to a few books that are not yet in on my shelf, but are working their way toward me. I was very fortunate to be the winner of Terry Ellen Cross Davis's collection of poetry. I've read um, to you from this before. It's called A More Perfect Union. It just came out in the spring or late winter. And I won an Instagram contest and the book is being sent to me. So I'm excited about that and we'll certainly share some more of her work over the podcast in coming months. Another book that I've just seen plastered all over Instagram and could not resist having a copy for my own little crafting library is Mystical Stitches. 
Intentional Embroidery by Christy Johnson. This is just a beautiful book with lots of stitching ideas. I can't wait until I can just look at it and dream and maybe get some ideas for future projects. Also wending its way to me because it was shipped to my mother's house and she started reading it is uh, Threads of Life, A History of the World Through the Eye of the Needle by Claire Hunter. This was recommended by Cashman and his book club. It looked really great, got great reviews, and I had a bunch of other things shipped to my mother and put this in the order. She opened it up, thought it looked pretty interesting, and she's getting to read that one first. I like books that look at a great swath of history through a single lens. Mark Kurlansky is someone who does this extremely well. Um, through food lenses like cod, salt, etc. So I think this is a kind of book I know that I already enjoy and adding information about fabric and textiles and making is just going to be that more, much more wonderful. I'm also about halfway through a collection of essays called Vesper Flights by Helen McDonald. She is the author of H is for Hawk. And I heard about this book on an American birding podcast book review episode. Most of the books the folks talked about were field guides and such, but there was one participant on the panel who seemed disposed to talk about books other than the typical birding books. And Vesper Flights is Helen McDonald's way of exploring a lot of different topics and ideas through personal essays. And many of them concern birds, birding, or the natural world. She's a really excellent writer. And I'm enjoying these essays very much. They're they're touching. Um, they're really transcendent in their specificity. And they are quick to read. So they're sort of like bite size that you could just sit down and read an essay. And it's not really connected to anything else in the book. So I'm very much enjoying that. I was also given two more. I was also given two books by my school librarian who had selected them for me and said, these are things I think you would enjoy reading over the summer. And then she sent me away with them. One is Fashionopolis by Dana Thomas. It's about the fast fashion industry and the future of clothes. So I think I'm going to enjoy that, maybe even share some elements of that with you. Another is Wayward Threads by Lori Ann Scott, and this has to do with upcycling unwanted and unused or discarded garments into new things. So it's kind of like an idea book. I think that and, and Mystical Stitches kind of stand together as like idea books, inspirational books. 
uh, things to look at and enjoy on the porch. So let me know what you are reading, um, what's on your list for the summer or something you've enjoyed. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening today, and I appreciate all of your comments, your kind words, and the fact that you listen and continue to listen to the Yarns at Yen Hu podcast. Bye-bye.